<laughs> we work so hard to get stronger, happier, more productive and successful. Don't forget the secret ingredient. Get grounded in play. Play grounding when it's time to get a life. Welcome back to another episode of the Play Grounding Podcast. This is Kara Stewart Fortier, officially a Fortier as of today, according to the DMV. Um, I'm coming to you from the Treehouse here at Theory Labs at the Brewery Art Colony here in LA. This is a really special weekend for us here at the brewery. This is once of one of the two times every year that we open up. Um, it is a the largest art colony, I think, in the U.S. Some say the world. I'm really not sure, but it's huge. A lot of amazing artists live here. If you want to find great art in Southern California at studio prices, come to the Brewery Art Walk. Some of the talent you'll find here is just unparalleled. Um, it's a lot of fun. There's food. Um, it's If you go to thebreweryartwalk.com, you'll find all the information. We will be here if you visit us. You could come into the treehouse and hang out with me. There is an actual treehouse inside of my home. It's a long story. Um, it happens every October and every April, so mark your calendars. Anyway, today, this episode is going to be just me. I've never... I did a little intro in my first episode, but it's a little terrifying just to talk into a microphone like this. It's comforting to look across and see someone else's eyes and just engage in a conversation. So I'm going to try to pretend that you are sitting across from me and we can have a conversation only I'm going to do all the talking, which is weird. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I wanted to take a minute just to take a little breath and kind of reflect on some of the things that we've learned. I know we've had some great guests. Um, I want to talk about why play is so important. And I know we talked about it in each episode, but I really want to kind of explore it. Um, and I also want to explain to you why I put this podcast into the health and wellness categories on iTunes, as well as the other um, outlets where you can find the show. I also... One of the other categories I've chosen is productivity, like business productivity. And they might seem a little weird because the word play tends to, and as iTunes has done, when you when it clicks on what shows are like this, the word play brings people either to sex, which is fine. There's a lot of amazing play and sex, um, or to gaming. And those things are great, but that's really kind of not where this particular podcast falls. Not that we won't talk about those things because we will, but what's I'm trying to do here is really falls more in with the kinds of podcasts that help us to find meaning in life, to live a healthier life, to wake up every day feeling more inspired to be out there in the world doing our thing. Um, and that includes our diet and exercise. It includes um, how we go about formulating our goals and meeting them. Um, it really does fall within that range. So today I want to talk about What's the difference between doing things we have to do versus doing things that light us up and why that's important? I'll introduce you to play expert extraordinaire, Dr. Stuart Brown, and how from a scientific perspective, play should be right up there with healthy eating and, and getting a good night's sleep. So, And I'll also talk about how play can transform people and what happens when you actually give yourself permission to play and the magic that is there. So sit tight and stick with me. I'll be right back. 
So I just want to start today by telling you that I have always wanted to start a podcast. I have been obsessed with podcasts to the point of kind of ridiculousness. I I have been listening to them since they were actually on iPods before there were iPhones. I would listen while I was cleaning the house. I would listen while I was driving in my car. Anything that didn't require like actual engagement with my brain. Um, like I couldn't do it at work, but anything else I was, somebody's voice was in my ear and I just loved, love, love learning. Um, and because of my job, I thought maybe for a while that I would find a way to do it as part of my work. I was a marketer for about 10 years. I still am. I'm just not currently employed, um, full time as a marketer. I'm a freelancer. Um, and I had always thought maybe somebody somewhere out there in marketing land would give me permission to start a podcast. I tried. I, I, several times I pitched it to my teams and my marketing teams as a way to spread the word about whatever we were marketing. And it just never was the kind of thing that they wanted to invest resources in. It's, it's a lot of work, a lot, a lot of work. Um, but you know, it just really wasn't something that they saw as, good for their industry or for their message. So I sat by year after year wishing I had a podcast but I never did it. And I finally, one time about a year ago, I might've said a couple times, had the idea to start this podcast. I finally felt like I had my thing, that thing that I always dreamed would finally emerge, that the thing I could market with my marketing skills, just because I wanted to and just for fun. And it's really kind of weird for me because I've always been out there online and social media and blogging on behalf of a company or a product or something else. So it's weird for me to just be myself out there and put myself in front of you as Kara and not as, you know, a representative of a technology or a financial services product or something like that. So this is actually a huge dream come true for me. It's been such a rush. I finally found my idea, my thing, and I've worked so hard to bring it up and I'm not perfectly happy with it yet. I feel like I talk too fast and haven't quite figured out equalizing my audio yet. But you know what? Right now, the important thing is I'm finally getting to do it. So thank you for being with me and making this happen. The thing about it is that since I've been doing this, those closest to me have been telling me how exciting it is to see me doing something I enjoy this much. They say that I light up. <laughs> and I love that they say that because I feel lit up. It's it's new for me and it's exciting and it's scary. Every first thing that I try, my first episode by myself, um, my first time editing it, my first time putting it up online, my first time loading it into... into um, Shout Engine, just all the firsts. I hesitate so much just because I'm like, oh, this is going to be scary. But ultimately, once I get past it, it's just plain exciting. And I'm not making any money off of this. I'm, there, I mean, there are ways to make money in podcasts, but for me, that wouldn't really come for a very long time. Um, I'm just doing this for the pure joy. I'm doing this for fun. Um, but how did I get to where I'm at? Like, how did I finally reach this place where I can allow this kind of frivolity? You know, how did I become so obsessed with fun that I thought that it could become a podcast, something I could do week in and week out? Where did I get the idea that this could be that broad of a topic? And 
that's where I want to go back to Burning Man of 2013. Now stay with me. I know some people have strong opinions about that thing in the desert. Um, some people are just, I will never go out there in the dust and robber. And I'm not going there. I'm not going to tell you that you must go to that thing in the desert and experience the same things that I experienced. I'm just going to tell you about how I ended up discovering how vast this topic is. So when I did go, I did go to Burning Man in 2013. I was firmly ensconced in my world, in my marketing world and my ladder climbing. Um, I wasn't happy. I know I might've mentioned a couple of times how at that particular point in my life, it, it was, I just felt kind of blah, you know, like there was no real purpose in anything I was doing. I, I was on the floor going, why, <laughs> why is this really all there is to adulting? Cause I don't like it. Um, <clears throat> the result that happened, which I'll go into later, the result of my time at the burn was that I suddenly had this new lease on life. Um, and when I listened to the Ted radio hour that inspired me to do this podcast, they mentioned how a lot of times people say burning man changed my life. Um, it's kind of cliche at this point. P lots of people say that, but I think what they mean is that play changed their lives. It gave them permission to play. There are no cell signals out there. There are no rules. Well, I mean, there are, no, I won't even go into all that. <laughs> Technically there are no rules. There are guidelines and there are ways we treat each other that are held very dear, but no rules. At Burning Man, there's a thing they say, which is, what time is it? And you say, it's Burning Man, because who cares? We're just here. Let's have fun. Um, there are things to do at certain times of the day, but I personally am ruled by my clock 24-7, so I like to just go there and just enjoy. It's a time where we're let off of our leashes that we wear every day. So imagine, think of like dogs clamoring to get into the dog park. They're in the car, they're running and their owners that are just chomping at the bit. They can't wait to get into the dog park. And then their owners let them off the leash and they just go crazy. They're rolling around in the grass. They're playing with one another. Um, this is how grownups behave at Burning Man for all intents and purposes. You know, <laughs> it's a strange way to look at it, but it's like a giant park where people are let off their leashes and they experience the bliss and freedom that they don't really get in other times of their life. And it changes people. It does change people's lives, but it's not burning man. I personally believe in what I realized when I listened to the Ted radio hour that day, um, the episode called press play was that it's not burning man magic that changed people's lives. It's play magic. And that's kind of what I want to introduce you to today is the magic that is play. Now, I started reading Stuart Brown's book around that time. It's called Play, How It Shapes the Brain, Opens the Imagination, and Invigorates the Soul. Now, I'll make sure to include a link to that book as well to, uh, as to his TED Talk. Um, he has an amazing TED Talk. I'll put those in the show notes. Um, but first, let me introduce you to him from the bio on his TED website. Like, I just, I can't rewrite it. I don't want to say anything other than this. It's so perfect. Dr. Stuart Brown came to research play through a research on murderers, unlikely as that seems. After he found a stunning common thread in killer stories, a lack of play in childhood. Since then, he's interviewed thousands of people to catalog their relationships with play, noting a strong correlation between success and playful activity. 
His book Play describes the impact play can have on one's life. With the support of the National Geographic Society and Jane Goodall, he has observed animal play in the wild, where he first conceived of play as an evolved behavior important for the well-being and survival of animals, especially those of higher intelligence. Now, through his organization, the National Institute for Play, he hopes to expand the study of human play into a vital science and help people everywhere enjoy and participate in play throughout life. So long story short, this guy is amazing. That was his bio from the TED website. And I'm going to share a few quotes with you now from his book, from the introduction section. We'll actually be going through a lot of these as we go through the podcast over the next, hopefully, couple of years of doing this. But let me start off with some basic introductory statements about play that he makes in his book. So I'm going to be, all of this is going to be quoting for the book for just a few moments. So bear with me here. Neuroscientists, developmental biologists, physiologists, social scientists, and researchers from every point of the scientific compass now know that play is a profound biological process. It has evolved over eons in many animal species to promote survival. It shapes the brain and makes animals smarter and more adaptable. In higher animals, it fosters empathy and makes possible complex social groups. For us, Play lies at the core of creativity and innovation. Of all animal species, humans are the biggest players of all. We are built to play and built through play. When we play, we are engaged in the purest expression of our humanity, the truest expression of our individuality. It is any wonder that often the times we feel the most alive, those that make up our best memories, are moments of play. At some point as we get older, however, we are made to feel guilty for playing. We are told that it is unproductive, a waste of time, even sinful. The play that remains is, like league sports, mostly very organized, rigid, and competitive. We strive to always be productive, and if an activity doesn't teach us a skill, make us money, or get the bosses, get on the boss's good side, then we feel we should not be doing it. Sometimes the sheer demands of daily living seem to rob us of our ability to play. And we don't even need to play all the time to be fulfilled. Play is a catalyst. The beneficial effects of getting just a little true play can spread through our lives, actually making us more productive and happier in everything we do. That was from Stuart Brown's book, Play. And we'll be learning so much more from him, especially his um, his types of play. We'll find out what our proclivity is when it comes to play. There's just so much to learn, and we'll be doing a lot of that later. So what do I want to take away from all this? Well, let's go back to before from episode one, when I told you how I felt stuck. I was miserable, but I felt guilty about complaining. I had a job. I had a nice apartment. I had opportunities. I had a great family. What more could I ask for? It was like I was facing a corner crying about no options when the whole world was opened up behind my back, but I just didn't know how to turn around. I had the things I needed, but I wasn't happy, but I really didn't see that there was anything beyond them. I, I just couldn't see. But at Burning Man, I did turn around, and that's where I tasted fun in a brand new way, and I wanted so much more. I didn't get it yet, though. This was several years ago. And when I came home from my first time there, I cried for days because I hated that I was coming back to a life that I wasn't 
is happy with. I had such an amazing taste of freedom. I thought the Burning Man was magical. And it was for me. What I didn't get yet was that the real magic was play. And what I'm learning is that I can taste that freedom every time I hit record now. Um, every time I sing, I've, I've singing was such a huge part of my life. It was something I did as a child all the way up through my adult years. And I'm trying new things with it. I'm having a great, great time. Um, every time I take a detour and visit a dog park for no reason, just to watch the doggies play. I mean, anytime I do something just for fun, I do get that magic um, that I had. But back when I felt stuck, if you told me I could play and experience these kinds of things, I would have looked at you like you had four heads and then I would have gotten back to my very, very, very important work. But enough about me. Um, let me give you some examples of how play can transform from other people's lives. Now, Stuart Brown, he just, he describes in the introduction of his book, a burned out CEO. She's a woman who looked back on her childhood memories. Just like we talked about in episode two with Meg Rabbit, she reconstructed her own play history. For her, it was horses. When she was a little girl, she loved horses. It was her whole life. She rode horses, but she left her love for horses behind when she grew up and embraced really important things like marriage and business. I mean, after all, she's a CEO now. She has a important adulting things to do. She doesn't have time for play. But in her burnout, her lifeline became a memory to a longing that she had just to ride. So she did. She followed that lifeline. She remembered what inspired her as a child. And she experienced what I believe either she or Dr. Brown called irrational bliss. I love that description so much. I mean, for her, the effect it spilled over into every part of her life, including her job and her relationship with her husband. It's, it's the effects that play can have are pure magic, but apparently it's also science, but it's magic, but it's science. Um, and that's why the, even the word play is almost indefinable. And he explains how in his book, he really fought against having to define it, but ultimately he did. Somebody asked him to do a PowerPoint and you know, you have to make things like definitions on PowerPoints. So he made seven ways of describing play. I'll read them to you now. Number one, it's purposeless. Play is done for its own sake. It's an end in itself. Play is voluntary. Um, I'm doing this podcast because I want to. Nobody's telling me to do it. I'm not making any money. Um, this is just me doing something I love and volunteering. Um, it's number three. It's inherent attraction. It's fun. It's pleasurable. It's just what it is. It's fun. I'm having fun doing this actually. Um, number four, freedom from time. Um, time flies as we all know, um, when you're having fun. So for instance, I was a marketer. I did it for work. I didn't necessarily love it, but when I'm working on this podcast and I'm sitting at my little desk doing promotional strategies and coming up with new ideas for how to connect with different people, I look up and the time has just gone. And that's really telling because what I'm actually doing is work, <laughs> but why I'm doing it actually makes it so much fun and time really does fly. Number four, to, excuse me, number five, diminished consciousness of self or what they call flow. Um, this is another part of fun and don't necessarily experience that so much with the podcast, 
I can definitely say that I experienced that with singing. A lot of people in performing arts experience this thing that they call flow. And we'll be talking about that with other people with performing artists that will come on the show in future episodes. But for me, when I'm sitting with my singing instructor, which I got so that I could really force myself to start singing again, I actually need incentives to get myself to play. Um, he reminds me, you know what, let's go back and start this all over again. You're singing notes. You're singing words. You're not singing the song. You're not experienced. We're not experiencing this song together. Um, now that I'm experiencing what that can be like, it's so amazing. And I'm just bursting open with new ideas and new understandings of what it means to be a musician. Um, and I've been one my whole life. I've just been very technical and now I'm learning to have heart and flow. Um, number six, improvisational potential. It's not rigid. I mean, there are some kinds of play that include games, that kind of thing. But I think what he's really meaning is it's not just another hierarchy. It's not just another set of rules that you go live by. It's like when you're a child and you run out onto the playground and there's no holds barred. Um, whatever you end up doing out there, whatever you just setting yourself free. Um, talk a lot. We talk a lot about that on here. Number seven, continuation desire. The play in and of itself is its own reward. So me doing this podcast or kids out on the playground, they always moan when the bell rings because they don't want to stop playing. They don't want to stop playing. Doing the act of play doesn't actually earn you anything more exciting. It's just that you do it because it's so great. So those are the seven definitions, um, ways of defining play from Stuart Brown. And I like that because it kind of helps us keep in perspective, you know, some of the ways we can, we say we play, but we're really not setting ourselves free. We're not really playing. And for some play might be something that helps us find that little missing piece. It helps us put our life into perspective. We're otherwise relatively happy. It doesn't have to spark big changes, but it really helps us settle back into our normal lives, maybe with a different attitude. Maybe we talk a little nicer to the, the person on the other end of the line in customer service, or maybe we hug our dog a little longer. Maybe we play with our children a little bit more. Maybe it's not something that we're missing so much, but it actually does bring us another, when we really focus on it, it brings us joy. For others, it might be more like what Stuart Brown describes, a major catalyst, a catalyst that sparks ideas for new ways of living life or a spark long overdue changes in our situations and our jobs and kind of in our outlook. That's how it was for me. And I, and I want to actually go back through really briefly the stories of some of the guests that have been on the show and put it in that perspective for you. Um, first of all, Meg Rabbit. She was from episode number two. She is currently an accomplished entrepreneur, but there was a time when she was very dissatisfied in a job at a sticker factory. Um, she didn't know what to do. She didn't know what to do next. She was not happy, but not really quite sure of her direction. So she got some advice. Somebody advised her to remember what sparked her imagination as a child and to follow that. Um, now, unlike the CEO, it didn't just give her a hobby that she could come back to and remember what sparked her creativity and her love and go back and enjoy her CEO job. Meg actually discovered a new life path through play. She began allowing herself to play just in the little things. She had to force herself, like I'm finding myself having to do something as small as a rearrange the magnets on the refrigerator, um, 
she actually set up playdates. <laughs> she was interested in software. She knew as a child that she loved making things, seeing how they work, trying new things. So she and a friend started meeting up on purpose for no purpose, just to play and create new things and experiment with software. That person is now her co-founder in her company that she has now. She's been on a wild ride and it's still going and who knows where she'll end up, but she's continuing to follow that call that originally play um, gave her that reminder of what excited you when you were a child what made you want to get out of bed in the morning when you were a kid and she's still following that spark and she's succeeding and it's it's giving her an amazing way of new way of life the second one audrey audrey likes her job audrey is from episode three she really likes her job but she needed something more she was staying late every night as so many of us do for really no reason um, there's a lot of work to do but it's always going to be there but she just did that. She realized, you know what? I could fill up my nights with things that I like to do. I can start making playdates on purpose for myself. She could have experienced burnout as a result of the life that she was leading of staying late at work, but she didn't because she purposely played. She gave herself a reason to go home and engage in fun activities like roller derby. She started things amongst all of her and our friends called Museum Day um, to go explore this amazing city of Los Angeles. She started Steak Club with a friend of hers and hear all about that in the episode. It's awesome. She runs mini triathlons and oh my goodness, just that's just the beginning. She rejects FOMO. She believes that when people want to go have fun, if they want to have more to life, go out there and create it for yourself. Um, I still see her running crazy. She's still busy as ever, but she doesn't burn out because the things she's doing light her up. Um, number three, Megan Sad. She's from episode four. She was battling not only career uncertainty, but years and years of depression. And play became that way for her to combat depression and discover a new path. She started the 30-day fun challenge of a way of forcing herself to remember to play each day. It actually started off and I'm doing it right now. It's not easy. It, if it, if play doesn't come naturally to you, it can kind of be a little like mind racking or like, what do, what do I do? What do I do? That'll be fun. I have to do something fun today and I have to document it on Instagram. Kind of sounds silly, but it has been amazing. Even in my first week, I can't wait to see how I'm going to be different at the end of my first 30 day fun challenge. Play gave her a new perspective on life and it helped her fight depression. It even led her to start a vegan cooking website where she also shares about the 30 day fun challenge, but now she's amazing. She's everywhere. She's building a name and a life for herself. And it all started by her saying, I'm going to do something every day that feels good just for the sake of doing it. It perfectly fits in Stuart Brown's um, definition of play just for fun. And in a lot of ways, me starting this podcast just for fun is changing me as well. Um, and as for me, I had that little taste of how it feels to be off my leash a long time ago at the burn. But, and I've made life changes as a result. I, I ended up quitting my job. I ended up dyeing my hair blue, and a few other things. Um, <laughs> but I, to this day, have a hard time remembering to play, to incorporate that into my life on a daily basis. I feel nervous or guilty when I do something just for fun. I think our brains actually get addicted 
to constant productivity. Our, our brains get addicted easily. We have to form new habits. If we don't, we fall into habits. My habit was work, 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 work. And even the things I did for fun were work. I, I did volunteer work as a lobbyist. Um, that's hard work. I did volunteer work in churches, working and leading. I That's really hard work. There was a lot of stuff to do. And I never let go and enjoy myself the way I have in the last couple of years. And after a decade of, you know, living like that, or even more, this time for me putting this much effort into something that nobody is asking me to do this podcast, it's the start of another great adventure for me. And I had great adventures back in my 20s before I decided to, you know, buckle down into a real job. I ran off to New York to acting school. I I kind of lived a life that a lot of my friends who started jobs right out of college, they were they were envious of because I I just kind of floated like a leaf on the wind to quote Firefly. I I I know what it's like to live that kind of life. Um but I lost it and I let myself become addicted to to the urgent and not to the important, as Michael Hyatt would say, another one of my favorite podcasters. So this is a time of learning for me. I'm forcing myself into this and I'm pulling you along with me. I'm learning about myself and I'm learning from all these amazing people and I'm feeling what it feels like to light up. And I want so much more. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so here we are. And so now what am I going to do with all this, right? I've told you that play is important. You know it. I've said it. Stuart Brown wrote it in a book. You can go pick it up. We're done, right? We know that play is a really important thing. What am I going to do now for a couple of years where I weekly talk on a podcast? That's the question. Um, we're not done. The problem is, as adults, some of us are so conditioned not to play, like me, not to engage in any kind of frivolity, our leashes are firmly attached. And when we hear something like this, like what I've just talked about on this particular episode, it sounds great. It might excite us and we can acknowledge it, but it's really hard to live it and walk it. Just kind of like with other health and wellness podcasts, we all know that carbs are bad. Vegetables are good. Um, we all know we should eat salads, but until we make eating healthy food a habit, like a normal part of our lives... We're not going to reap the benefits of that knowledge. And that's why, for me, I listen to podcasts every week. I listen to one called the, Sean, the Model Health Show with a gentleman named Sean Stevenson. I just, I kind of learn things over and over and over from him, but it's helping instill things in my brain. So I don't even care. I'll listen to episodes over again sometimes just when I need to feel inspired not to go eat like half a bag of egg noodles with butter and Parmesan cheese because it's so good. But I also know... I'm, I'm putting knowledge in my brain. I'm trying to remind myself and enforce new habits for myself. I want to gain the benefit of the knowledge that I have about what could be good for me. And as Dr. Stuart Brown said, some of the things that we call play as adults, they're pretty lame. Well, I mean, that might not be his actual word, but you get the point. They're not transformative. They don't actually help you. They don't give you what play can give you. This is why I'm growing a list of guests. They are people who have a firm grasp on what play is and they incorporate it into their daily lives and are carving out new perspectives for themselves and a ton of new opportunities. And I believe that we have a lot to learn from them. I'm not one of them yet and my way of playing is going to be different from your way of playing. And 
that's why I just want to bring on a variety variety of people. I know I struggle with the 30-day fun challenge. I have to rack my brain every day to come up with something fun to do still. This is not a habit for me yet, but that's why I started this podcast. I want to move my understanding of the importance of play from academic, all up in my head, to kinetic in my body. I want to live it, feel it in my bones. I want to be lit up the way I am just by doing this podcast. Another thing I'm forcing myself to do, really, um, so that I'll get the good habit of doing things that light me up. But my way of living will be different from yours, and I'm hoping through hearing this podcast that one of the guests will speak about something that'll spark an idea for you and light you up. So once you have this idea, once you find that thing that lights you up, what do you need in order to follow through on it? I had this podcast idea over a year ago, um, but it took me a really long time, and it took me friends like Meg Rabbit telling me to get off my ass and start my podcast because... She was sick of hearing me talk about it. Um, I'm really glad she did that, but it's scary. It's scary to move out of your comfort zone. If you're the kind of person who feels like your self-worth or maybe just your reason for being is in the work that you do, you know, it might take a little doing and it might take some outside um, influences. And I want to be that person. I want this podcast and I want to build a community of people who can be that person for you. I want you to reach out. I want... I kind of dream about this becoming a community of inspiration where we can inspire each other to step into new adventures. Um, We thought we had to give up when we grew up. Um, I want to be that person that says, you know, you don't have to grow up if that's what growing up means. Growing up just means we become wiser. Growing up means we have more responsibility. It doesn't mean we stop learning and we stop growing, which is exactly what happens when we don't allow ourselves to play. And we'll go into a lot more of that, the science of what happens to our brains when we don't allow ourselves to play, as well as the science of what happens to our brains when we do allow ourselves to play. It's really pretty fantastic. So I hope you'll continue to meet me back here each week with some new ideas, new perspectives, more from Stuart Brown's book, and more from amazing guests who do some pretty amazing things. They light up their worlds. You know, they light up the people around them by doing spectacular, wonderful things that started off as play. So stay with me and I will see you next week. Thank you for joining me on the Playgrounding Podcast. You can find the link to subscribe on iTunes at playgrounding.com as well as this week's show notes, which will include links to Stuart Brown's book and his TED Talk. You're going to love it. Bye-bye.